The best advice I have would be to simply just start. It always seems so much bigger than it is. You have this idea or you want to start this brand, whatever it is, it feels like way bigger than you. But the second you just make one phone call or write one email, that will lead you to the next email or to the next phone call. And that will lead you to all of a sudden getting a sample in your hand. That one initial email or phone call is basically everything. And I would say like, that's how we started every one of our products. And also realizing that that's how every brand started. Everyone made that one phone call or that one email. Welcome back to Influencer Business. I'm your host, Rich Kudlari. Very excited to have you with us here this week. We have an awesome episode lined up for you today. We are being joined by Teza and Cole, the dynamic duo behind the Teza app and a whole host of other brands underneath the Teza umbrella. Teza and Cole are going to share their journey of building the app and actually taking it live and the improvements that they've made. They're going to talk through what it means to release a technical product, how much time and effort it takes. They're also going to talk about what it's like to work with your partner. They're going to talk about some of the other projects and products that they're working on and what it's like to launch a product as COVID was hitting the U.S. and forced them to stay actually in L.A. when they live in New York. It's an awesome interview. Really excited to bring it to you. But first, before we dive in, head over to podcast.trovebusiness.com. Make sure you check it out. Sign up for our newsletter. Each week, we send you a recap of the podcast. We drop in a few little tidbits, some takeaways from the podcast, and tell you what's coming up. It's a great way to stay in touch and to make sure that you're getting the key takeaways. Also, if you have two seconds, leave us that five-star rating. Give us that glowing review. It really helps us out at the podcast, and we do appreciate it. But with that out of the way, let's get to the interview. Teza and Cole, thanks so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're so excited. Yeah. Well, it's great to have you here. Uh, Let's do a quick background on both of you before we jump into specifics about the businesses. So where'd you grow up? How'd you meet? How'd you start working together? The big question. Um, (laughs) So actually, Cole and I, we grew up together. Our parents were really good friends in college. Mm -hmm. So my mom threw his baby shower. We go all the way back to (laughs) diapers, which is kind of crazy. crazy. Um, And so we grew up seeing each other like Christmas parties, family parties. And then it wasn't until later in college that we started to hang out more. He was roommates with my brother. Mm-hmm. And oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. The best yeah. friend, the roommate. A lot of lines to cross. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, know, yeah. <laughs> you were playing a dangerous game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so we were actually playing in a band at the time. My brother was also in the band and we needed a bass player. So Cole joined the band. And then we kind of started to hang out a little bit more. But, you know, it was really scary to cross that that line of like friends, family, the whole situation. Um, but finally, he asked me on a date and then we started dating. I don't even remember. Fast forward, we've been married for five years now. So, Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. And well, Tesla, let's start with you. How did you, you obviously have, you guys have a number of lines of business, but let's start maybe with the social profile, right? You are a photographer to start or many things to start but you eventually built this amazing social following. How did that all come about? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think, you know, I kind of grew up with social media. Like I remember right when Facebook came out and I remember when having a blog and all these things I actually used as a platform for my photography and my music and my art. So it was kind of like, I always loved having this online portfolio or journal to showcase what I was working on. And it wasn't like I was really focused on a community aspect until, um, I actually went to college for photography and I loved being able to show my work and have people critique it. And so I kind of started to use all these social media platforms in that way. Like when Instagram came out, that's kind of how I used it. I would just post everything I was working on. 
And I was getting such a great response. And so I started to kind of build a community, but wasn't necessarily still yet like focused on it until we moved to New York, which was about three years ago. Or four years ago almost. Oh my gosh, time is flying (laughs) by. Yeah, so like at that point, that's when I was like, okay, like I have, I like kind of started to recognize it as something I could use towards more of what I was doing and and stuff like that, so. Mm -hmm. When did you start stepping in front of the camera as opposed to being behind it? I kind of always was both um, because I was doing like music and I was into fashion design. So I was kind of, and then a lot of my photography was super creative concepts. So I would do like self portraiture and stuff like that. Um, So I kind of always was toying around with both. And I think like I had even like a photography page and then a personal page and I decided to combine it all. And that's kind of what I like noticed people paying more attention and asking about what I was wearing or asking how to like shoot a certain way and things like that. So, yeah. And Cole, you, you're very creative as well, but slightly in a slightly different way. Mm -hmm. You're an engineer, uh, studied engineering, but also Mm -hmm. played football. Tell us a little bit about kind of your path to where you are now. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) played football at BYU, uh, in Utah Mm -hmm. my freshman year, but got hurt super bad, uh, blew my knee out the whole thing. So that could end ACL, MCL, LCL, ACL, MCL, PCL, meniscus, oh, about the whole thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah, God. so that that ended football, but you know, mm-hmm. ultimately, I think that was that was for the best. And then, yeah, studied computer science in college, and then ended up working at a super cool startup called Orca Health. Right out of college, we did patient education software, so we had three D animations and models for like different diagnoses and procedures. Um, super super exciting space to be in, and I started out as an intern there on Android doing an Android development and and then um, started doing iOS development there as well. And then started doing design, kind of just worked my way up and through all the various aspects of of engineering and building a product. Mm -hmm. Um, And then after a few years of doing kind of like nitty gritty development and design, started doing like kind of lead product management, product development role. So worked there for, for three, four years before we, we jumped in mm-hmm. Tesla full time and building the Tesla app. That's awesome. So let's let's start before we get to the app, right? Yeah. You had a lot of people copying your style in yeah. photographs, right? Yeah. And you you started to see everybody started to look. So what was the process like? First, it was presets, right? You you started by selling presets, and you I think you were the first to do that, right? Yeah. Um. I mean, like for me, coming from the photography aspect, right? Like I looked out to photographers more than influencers at the time especially and so I didn't even really get what I mean actually there wasn't even such thing as an influencer so <laughs> I gotta go back to that but um right you know like I think the number one question I was always getting was asking how I edited and I felt like I had gone to all these photography workshops or tried to learn from other people and I always kind of felt like the these creators who I looked up to were so willing to teach me their knowledge that they had worked on for so long. And so when people were asking me how, how to edit or how to shoot or whatever, I kind of felt like I should also share that. And the second I kind of started to do that, I really felt like that's when I started to grow because I really started to build a community of people who cared about their art, who cared about editing. And, and this was also at a time you have to remember, like there weren't a lot of tools out there for editing. And people didn't Unless really you were know. super deep into Photoshop or yeah, something like it was, that. It was a lot different back uh, even just a couple of years ago. So yeah. that was really kind of the biggest evolution. And definitely it was, I didn't quite expect it to do what it did. I will say it was a bit difficult at first. Like I felt like, oh my gosh, I gave away my special sauce. Now like there right. are so many people that can 
take photos like me that can edit the exact way I can and all this stuff. But fast forward to now, I would say it was like the best decision I ever made because it pushed us so much to keep creating new stuff, to keep growing as creators and to really like be a leader in the space and in that way. Yeah. So there was a transition period though. It sounds like we were like, uh, it feels like everybody's trying to copy me and do what I'm doing. And you started not only to see people copying your aesthetic, but then you started seeing people selling their own presets which I'm sure was also frustrating, but you kept pushing the envelope. And I have this theory that the followers will never be able to meet the creators where they are. They're always going to be one step behind. Have you found that to be true? Have you always been able to kind of push yourself beyond? Oh, I like that theory of yours. I guess I would say (laughs) (laughs) it's hard. I think it's like a give and take. Like some days I feel like, you know, I am on top and I I am like a leader. And then other days I'm like, I gave it all I have. I have nothing left. Yeah. (laughs) But I think that's kind of part of uh, the creative process and um, just running a business in general. I think you go through those things. So yeah, yeah. I think it's kind of a mm-hmm. blend, but yeah, absolutely. And so this was going on, Cole. You were working at Orca Health, yep. right? But you have this kind of vast experience from the nitty gritty developing up to full kind of high level project management, figuring out how everything works and fits together. Mm-hmm. What was that discussion between the two of you like as it evolved from hey, you know, everybody's copying me to hey, I'm going to sell my presets to hey, this could actually be something bigger and an even bigger kind of creative community. What was that like, and how did you bring in kind of the software side of things. Yeah, so we started to notice with the presets, um, you know, it's pretty limiting. Like you were saying, you know, you need kind of this knowledge of Adobe products and Lightroom, and they're super intimidating and not very user-friendly. Um, and, and then expensive. you... And expensive. Oh, yeah, yeah. super expensive, yeah. yeah. And you give up, you know, you give up a lot of the experience. It's like someone downloads a preset and that's it. We don't we don't get to control and create this world, which is what we wanted to do. You know, something that was really Tezza branded and brought you into this kind of creative space. So we toyed with the idea. We did a bunch of mock-ups. We were super excited about it. And then we were also getting tons of inbound demand of people that just shot on their iPhone, you know, didn't want to edit on their computer. So we saw right. kind of this big opportunity bubbling up. So then, you know, got to the drawing board, mocked it up, created a bunch of sketches, and then just started toying with the engineering. And, you know, photo and video is not something I'd ever done. So it was just us kind of hunkered down in our apartment at night after my other job, trying to figure it out. And we did that for about a full year toying with the presets that Tessa had made, trying to port those over to an iPhone app. Yeah, because it's not one-to-one. You can't say, hey, take this preset, copy, and paste. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was. (laughs) I have to tell you, it was probably the most infuriating experience. Like, I think we cried many times. We gave up many times. Like, it was just like, I was like, we're never going to do this. It's impossible. Yeah. So my background is electrical engineering and software engineering as well. And so I know that pain excruciatingly well. Yeah. 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 And like it you're just, so close and then uh-huh. one little thing, it's like, yeah. doesn't work mm-hmm. or it does well, work. You know? Right. And everybody thinks, oh, well, Cole had four or five years of software development experience. He studied it in college. Should not be a problem. Well, you're working with a completely different medium, right? Okay. Healthcare is not you know, photography. And, you know, it's not like going, even in Photoshop, I would imagine is much, much easier than doing what you did on the back end in terms of development. Right, exactly. Yeah, because we Mm -hmm. we had to build the whole system, you know, everything. Applying Mm -hmm. the filters and then all the tweaks and edits, exposure, brightness, um, grain, all that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So it it took forever. It took a solid full year, especially because I was working my other job. And it was brutal. We'd, you know, apply a preset. We thought we had it nailed in the photo. It just looked like totally <laughs> whack. And we go, what is going on? And then yeah. finally we figured it out. And I, re- I remember when we first, we applied the preset and it looked exactly how it should. And we applied another one. It worked perfectly. And we're like, 
we got this. We can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that was really such an early stage of the app. I think like it's evolved so much now and we still have so many plans, but like this beginning stage was so cool. Also, I think, you know, what we loved, we had such immediate feedback from the community. Like, so right away, like we launched, we knew what was great about it. We knew what wasn't. That Mm -hmm. was also kind of a great and difficult experience at the same time because, you know, it's like, everyone's like, there's a bug, it's crashing. It's just us two. And we're also running like five other businesses at the time. Cole still actually worked um, part-time at Orca. So it was like, (laughs) it was truly an insane time of life. I I, I don't want to go back, but good times. (laughs) (laughs) So, so you were working on Orca stuff. Your inbox is filling up with, Hey, this isn't working or Hey, that's not working. And you're just like, uh, I really got to finish this work right now, but I yeah. really want to hop over to the Tesla app and fix it all. Exactly. That's uh, yeah, no, it's it's it, it is a beautiful and excruciating journey totally. at the same time. Totally. And talk people through because most people don't understand what goes into this. You spent a full year before you launched, mm-hmm. but even at launch, there were bugs. There yeah. were a limited number of features. How many years ago was this now? How long ago was this? We, when you found- we launched about a year and a half ago. So yeah. a year and a half ago was was version one. And now yeah. you've released a number of updates. You have a ton more features. Yeah. Walk people through kind of from the very beginning to now and the evolution. Because when you launch the product, it's not done. It's a right. living, breathing organism and it's it's still growing. Exactly. Yeah. It takes, I mean, it takes work and effort every single day. It's like taking yeah. care of a, a per, it's like taking care of a baby, you know, it's like <laughs> this, this little thing we've watched grow up and take care of and, uh, you know, mature and expand. So yeah, at launch, there were a ton of bugs. It was super limited. You could only do photo. I don't even think we could adjust like preset intensity at the time. It was like, it was pretty standard, mm-hmm. just vanilla, you know, standard te- tweaks, standard presets. Yeah. Um, since then, you know, I pushed it as hard as I could by myself and I eventually had to hire another freelance developer to help me out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we've been able to build copy and paste, video editing, vintage video effects. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of like, I think all of our editing tools have gotten so much better. All of, even just like the layout of the app, you know, the way buttons work, things like, like this, sure. the flow of the app. You know, I think so many people, I didn't ever understand that like the way a screen animates is part of the whole design of an app. Like the first time Cole right. explained that to me, I was like, you're telling me the, the way you press this button and the way it swipes over is something you have to code in. Like, you know what I mean? Just things like yeah. that. No, it's crazy. And you start talking about button placement. Well, put it actually 50% higher because where their thumb, where most people hold their phone, their thumb is placed. Like the, these little minute details really impact the user experience. Totally. totally. Yeah. yeah. And and one thing, you know, with launching an app from kind of this influencer community perspective is we're super lucky, kind of like Tessa mentioned, is we've had this very engaged and very vocal feedback loop from the get-go. Um, and so that's been like, it's been huge because so much of the app has been community driven and we've been able to build this experience around what people actually need and want. Yeah. And on top of that, I think like the app, you know, we definitely built it hoping a lot of people would use it, but we did not expect it to be where it is today. And where, where is it today? So we've had over 5 million downloads. We're available on iOS and Android. Now we have like two and a half million unique (laughs) monthly active users, um, from all over the world. So yeah, I heard in a uh, either a snippet on your your Instagram or something. Tell us the story about Coachella. Somebody approached you and told you that they were using the app. Was it like a policeman or? Oh yeah, yeah. I love that you know that story. Yeah, we were actually at um, Lollapalooza, yeah. and 
a cop started walking up to the two of us and I was thinking, oh no, like, what did we do? You know, did we do something wrong? I was like so nervous. And then he's like, hey, what did he say? He goes, I'm not supposed to like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he kind of like acted like he wasn't supposed to be talking to us. He's like, but I love your app. I use it every day. And it was like my jaw dropped to the floor. And then he like pulled out his phone and he's like, I guess his Instagram following doesn't know that it's that he's a cop. Like he has like oh. this double life, which I kind of love. That's cool. Like he was like, this is me. And then he always slides into the DM now. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> yeah it was, it was life changing. I was yeah. like, we've made it. The cops are yeah. using the app. Like we are good to go. That's incredible. Cause I would imagine that you probably exp- expected a, a large proportion of your users to be female. Uh-huh. Is, is my guess, and right? They, yeah, and they and are. That's true. Yeah, yeah. 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 And they are. And then to have this experience like that, just completely randomly, somebody you didn't know, has just got to be so rewarding, especially when you look back on all the effort that you've put into something like this, yeah. that it would capture somebody's imagination enough for them to not only follow you, but be excited about approaching you at an event like that. That's yeah. that's really cool. Uh, and unfortunately, I don't think most people understand, you know, how much effort goes into it because what they mm-hmm. see is the success and yeah. that's really the only, the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. They don't understand the struggle, the year that went into just getting to V1. Yeah. And then now a year and a half, two and a half years later from the very start, V10 or 11, whatever it is. You know, and Cole, you probably, people probably say, oh, you just you build it. Yeah, well, you know, Android and iOS have two different code bases. Okay. You know, not to mention every time you make a tweak on one filter, other filters get impacted and it it can probably be frustrating at times dealing with, you know, that type of stuff. (laughs) Well, and even from my perspective, you know, I'm like, hey, babe, uh, this is not working anymore in the app. And he's like, sometimes code just breaks. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) What does that even mean? And like little, the littlest things take so much time to to work Mm -hmm. on. And, you know, I'm so used to like, chip chop, let's go get it done. But like he's really, honestly, I'm impressed by anybody that writes code. You guys are amazing. You layer on top of that the business risk, right? Because yeah. 99% of all startups fail, right? Mm-hmm. And 99% of products never see the light of day or make it past a certain number of... And so not only is it difficult to build something, but then to have it adopted the way it's been adopted is really awesome. Yeah. And you guys actually have a new update that just came out, right? Yep. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. So what's in the new update? So I'm super inspired by like, you know, everything vintage from music to fashion and to photography. And so I really wanted to create um, a portion of the app that was inspired by vintage film um, because I think video is becoming such a big part of social media. And so we wanted to create all these different film frames that imitated, you know, Super 8 cameras and different types of cameras that you could actually just have right in your pocket and you don't have to actually film on those cameras. So uh, we just launched and right now we have five different frames Mm -hmm. and we're launching more as time goes on, but this is our launch and we're really excited about it. I think it's super cool. You can use it on photo and video. Amazing. That's awesome. So if you don't already have the Tezza app, make sure you head to the App Store, either iOS or the Google Play Store, download it, check it out, check out their new filters. Uh, they're always innovating. And how often are you guys putting out new releases? Now, obviously, there are bug updates and whatnot. But yeah. over the last year and a half since you launched, how many, you know, is it every couple of weeks? Is it every month? How? What's the cadence? Yeah, it's at least once or twice a month. If it's a, yeah. if it's a really big feature that's taken a long time, you know, sometimes just once a mm-hmm. month. But we try and crank out at least two new things a month. Yeah, whether, whether that's incredible. Big, yeah, new presets or, or big new features that 
you know, completely change some functionality of the app. And that's really hard to do. It's also great for folks who download the app because it keeps them excited about new things coming. So make sure you download the app if you haven't already. One thing I want to kind of backtrack on that Tezza was talking about is, hey, Cole, why, how does code break? You guys obviously now work together full time. Uh And tell us a little bit about that. Obviously, there was a moment where you said, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that decision-making process and then how it's gone, how it is working kind of with your partner 24-7. Totally. Do you want to speak to that? Yeah. So, well, the moment when we realized, okay, let's do this full-time, I think we were just pushing as far as we possibly could, doing everything. Um, And then it just reached a point where it was like, we physically do not have enough time in the day to do everything. And it was like, well, I can either, you know, keep doing my other job or I can jump in, you know, both feet and we do Tesla full-time. And it was just kind of like, why not? Let's give this thing a try. You know, yeah, now's, and, now's the only time we're going to be able to really give this everything we have and, and go for it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like at the time it felt like a big risk, honestly, mm-hmm. like Cole had a, a, a really great job and the Tezab hadn't really like picked up yet. You know, I was working on this whole influencer content creation, photography stuff, but you know, we saw the potential of where it was going, but it felt like ugh, maybe we could do it. You know, I, I remember just feeling like, I think we have it. If we can just like, really put in the time, I, I think we could see it grow. And so it did mm-hmm. feel like this big jump when we did it, but it was definitely the best decision we've ever made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I feel really lucky about that. And I think like working together as a couple obviously has its... Long I, pause. <laughs> long choosing, pause. choosing words very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's actually amazing. Like we love it, but I, w- I will say to couples out there who are thinking about it or have tried and, it, and didn't succeed, like you just kind of have to figure out, you know, your strengths. Like we treat it like we work for a bigger company. We know what each other's strengths are and what roles we play. And so I sometimes feel like, you know, instead of stepping on each other's toes, we're very open to hearing the other person's idea because they also know what they're supposed to do, if that makes sense. Um, And, you know, like when we first started shooting together, even like on that basic of a scale of the business, it was really difficult because we're both creative. We both have a vision and we would really butt heads. But finally, I feel like we learned to shoot, like I would say, let's do it my way, let's do it your way, and let's see which one's better. And that's actually when we really started to create our coolest content mm-hmm. um, because we were kind of combining our ideas. And so that's kind of transformed into the other things that we do mm-hmm. as well. That's really nice. Yeah. C- creating those kind of clearly delineated lines and giving each other space to create, I think is especially important when you're both creative. You know, I work with my yeah. wife as well. She's far more creative than I am. I'm definitely more kind of the not that she's not analytical because she is, she's, you know, a former investment banker and all that, but um, we definitely have kind of our lanes and we defer to each other and we overlap, I'd say in the right areas, like strategy, long-term vision, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And creating those, it's hard at the beginning, certainly, but once you have those lanes, it becomes easier. And candidly, we've had conversations with folks and you probably have as well. It's not for everybody. Not everybody yeah. can, you know, yeah. and we get a lot of questions as you probably do. How do you stand it? And I was like, well, you know, when we married each other, we actually, you know, that forever thing, we actually did really like each other. <laughs> so more time is actually better as opposed to less. But I know, exactly. I know. I know. The benefit is like, I guess we love it. And it sounds like yeah. we feel 
same. So it's mm-hmm. honestly, I feel, I feel really lucky. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so let's, what, what is one piece of advice for, for folks who are either thinking about or currently working with their partner? What is like one piece of advice? We'll allow each of you to impart some advice here for those folks who are either thinking about jumping in or are in and trying to figure out how to do it most effectively. Mm-hmm. I think really the biggest thing like Tessa kind of touched on is having distinct and defined roles within the business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I know what I'm better at and I know what I need to do on the day to day. And so does Tessa. And we kind of report to each other in a way. Mm-hmm. And then we come together, you know, on certain things, you know, on the creative process or strategy or vision with the future of the company. But for most of the time, it's like we have our distinct parts of the business that we handle and it just, I think, allows us to work more efficiently. It allows us to, to do what we need to do without getting on each other all the time. And once we realized that, I, I would say that's when really our company really started to take shape and, and move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. And I think, you know, just to give an example, say you're working with your partner, I'm going to explain to you kind of the dynamic of how we work together and, and why it works. So, for example, I'm a very messy, creative person. I'm all my ideas are everywhere. All my thoughts are, they could go on forever and ever and ever. And I could spend a thousand hours on a project. Mm-hmm. And Cole is very like much more organized. He knows when to say we're done with that and it's good and we're going to move on and we're going to put it out and we're going to move to the next thing, you know? And so kind of like when he does that to me, I'm like, oh, okay, got it. And I pushed it too far. And, you know, so we kind of like, work together in that way. So even if you're a couple thinking about working together, maybe write down what your strengths are and then write down what you think your significant other strengths are. And then also your weaknesses and kind of compare and see where you can balance. Cause almost just like admitting it and having that communication is, is the best way to go. Yeah. Super helpful and very, very healthy too, because it's not a one-time thing, right? This is an ongoing <laughs> relationship, hopefully yes. until the end of time. Yeah. So it's, no, I think it's a great way to do it. Be very uh, prescriptive about it and be very deliberate about how you approach it. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Piggybacking off of what you said, Teza, you were talking about, oh, I have all these ideas and whatnot. You guys have a ton going on. All right. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, between obviously the app is huge, but you also have, you know, your band, you have the influencer business, you have the collage kits, you have shoes that came out with Aldo, you have sunglasses. So let's talk, first of all, one, how do you find time to do it all? And then two, how do you decide what you're going to do? Great questions. Um, I guess on the time front, I think that's the hardest thing. I never feel like I have enough time. So I don't really know. I'm still trying to manage my time better, but I feel like... I mean, just lifting off all of those things, I'm sweating right now thinking about <laughs> how you oh, get wait. all that stuff done. It's I'm just ridiculous. I'm to get <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. But I feel like the second I was willing to kind of like you know, I have an amazing assistant. She handles so many things that I don't have time to do in a day. And I also hired a couple other people. I feel like, you know, building your team is super, super important. And realizing that you can't do it alone is going to only help you grow and, and be able to do everything. So that's my one helpful tip there. But in terms of like choosing what we do or what to work on, I think, you know, when we first started, we would just kind of try pretty much everything. And we probably would work literally until 2am every night. It was kind of just like this weird time of life. I 
I'm so glad we're not doing that now. I actually get to sleep. Um, but like, you know, now because we have things that are successful and, you know, every decision we make, I'm like, okay, is it worth taking time away from the app? Is it worth taking time away from the collage kits? Whatever the, our other products we are working on, is it worth actually taking the time away? If not, then sometimes I'm like, okay, maybe that's something I revisit later. Or if it's something that I really, really want to do just because of my creative juices, just got to get it out, whatever it is. Yeah, sure. And I say, you know what, that's almost like a personal thing for me. Sure. I don't even think about it like a work thing. I'm like, that's a personal project that I really want to do. So, yeah. So you almost go through this kind of mental ROI calculation and say, all right, I'm taking time away from this, which means that I'm going to see a reduction. And and it could just, like you said, it's not necessarily a dollars and cents thing. Sometimes it's just a personal thing. I will feel better. And the return on my investment is actually going to be my personal health and well-being or creative abilities. Right. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah. That's interesting. And so it sounds to me, if I got this right and stop me if I'm wrong, Cole, you're much more structured about how you approach things. So have you... Have you helped Teza think through kind of structure and put into place any structure around decision-making processes and things like that, whether it's the Teza app or the, the kind of the brand as a whole? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I like to put together, you know, kind of a six-month to a year timeline and put, you know, big checkpoints throughout the year of what we launched mm-hmm. and when we we'll launch it and then kind of work back and break it down into more bite-sized chunks into how we get the things done that we need to in time. And then it's kind of just like a constant recalculation of where we're currently at. Do those timelines need to get pushed up or down? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just determining what needs to, needs to get done on like a weekly and daily basis to, to get to those points. Sure. So yeah, I've tried to introduce a little bit of structure and things that I've learned coming from, you know, my tech background, working for, you know, that other startup and trying to incorporate right. a lot of those ideas into what we do on a daily basis. Yeah. And I will say it's, like, I've noticed a big difference. That's all I want yeah. to say. <laughs> yeah, but on the flip side, talk a little bit about how Tez's creativity and kind of thirst for creativity has impacted you in ways that maybe hadn't prior to, you know, diving into this world. Yeah, I mean, every day from sunup to sundown is a constant project of some kind. It's like, you know, we're always trying to do something, create something new, design something new. And I think Tess is really the driving force behind all of that. You know, it's just like one moment she wants to do a shoot, the next minute we're redesigning something for the app. And so there's a little bit of chaos that I think we've been able to kind of control and, and you know, work into a bit of a formula that we can kind of use to our advantage. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, all the, you know, creative photography and art stuff I've I've learned from her. And, and we've tried to kind of build a process and a world around that. Mm-hmm. And has that kind of creativity and the way she looks at the world impacted your kind of efforts on the development side, for example? Like, do you find inspired? Because people think about development as maybe not a creative process, but mm-hmm. it actually, it really is once you get it into really kind is. of, yeah. yeah, the coding process and building out structure inside of code and doing things creatively. Has her kind of, vis- you know, vision and ability to create kind of uh, you know, inside the influencer world and beyond kind of yep. impacted how you look at, you know, engineering and coding? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, coding is a really, you know, creative, expressive medium. And just, you know, embedding myself into this more kind of artistic, fashion forward photography type of, you know, medium has really affected the way I code. And then also the way I design and think about the app. I think, a lot of apps come from this super sterile kind of tech, you know, perspective. And we've really tried to bring in this really kind of friendly, punchy, fun, artistic fashion vibe into the Teza app from like a design and UX experience, which 
I never would have been exposed to if it hadn't been for, you know, all the other stuff we do together. It's really awesome. It's fun to see kind of the push and pull that you have on each other. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's clearly created this wonderful ecosystem of product lines, businesses, all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. So speaking of which, you are actually in the midst of launching a shoe or a series of shoes with Aldo right as COVID-19 really hit the U.S. Yeah. Talk us through that. You're actually still in L.A. because yes. Effectively, <laughs> as a result of that, right, you haven't made the journey back to New York. Tell us a little bit about what that was like launching a product right as all of this was hitting the U.S. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was actually a crazy experience um, because about the week of, I mean, actually, I was on my flight out to L.A., and somebody's like, oh, Coachella's canceled. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's supposed to be like a festival collection that I'm launching, you know, all this yeah, stuff. So yeah. I quickly kind of had to like restructure it just a little bit, which was totally fine. I mean, I designed the boots to be something you could wear year mm-hmm. round. So it wasn't like the biggest ding, but a little bit of a bummer. But then, you know, it, it all started to kind of speed up. It was like, you know, people were like, yeah. oh, cor- you know, this is coronavirus, whatever. No big deal. All some people were like, lock your door, stay inside. You know, it was just getting yeah. like... Also, but nothing really hit until actually the night before the launch. That's when things started to get quite a bit more severe. And so mm-hmm. we launched the next morning. And honestly, I'm blown away and super grateful for my community. But we actually sold out of the boots the next day. Oh, that's so, awesome. Super fortunate. And I think, you know, if it had even been one more day, it would have been a totally different story. But feeling super lucky that my community still supported it. So I, I, yeah. I'm super grateful for that. But, you know, now we're in L.A. We actually we're going to be staying here for a month after that launch because Uh, we were like, we love LA. We were thinking about kind of moving here one day. So we're like, let's just stay, hang out. We had already like booked a place to stay. And Mm -hmm. then now it's just kind of escalated. So we've been here for, I feel like we live here at this point. Um, (laughs) But we're going back to New York for sure. We love New York. So we just kind of but you're kind of doing the responsible thing and not, you know, traipsing across the U.S. That's, yeah. uh, I think, that a good decision. And so how has it been kind of, uh, you, you had planned on a month. You're obviously well into month number two. Uh, you know, the packing situation can be interesting when you're, you're not prepared for this long of a stay. How are things at this juncture? Yes, good questions. I definitely didn't have enough cozy clothes, but no. <laughs> um, yeah. But the, I guess like one thing that has been so beneficial of, of this whole thing, if you, to look at a positive light from it, it's just that like, you know, I mean, even in my industry, clearly like sustainability is a big issue. And I think, you know, learning to use your clothes in more than just one way. I obviously love to wear a new outfit every single day, but that's not great for the environment. And like, there are just so many great things that we can look at to do better. So that's one thing that I've even just noticed from myself mm-hmm. while being here. And then obviously like, I still work with a lot of brands. I'm trying to support as many like small local brands as much as I can as well. So I'm still getting new things and and hopefully being able to work and feature some of them um, through my social media as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely been an interesting experience. To yeah. Have you seen any kind of interesting activity on the Tezza app now that people are home and they have more time on their hands? Because are you able to reach a different demographic who maybe previously didn't have time to dabble in the creativity? Uh, Obviously, influencers are looking for new ways to kind of bring content to life. What have you seen on that side? Yeah, we've actually had a a big spike in Tezza app usage with, um, you know, the the outbreak and the the quarantine. Um, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people just wanted to try new creative tools and have had a little more time on their hands. And maybe they've thought about trying it in the past, but they just didn't get around to it. 
And so, yeah, we actually saw a big spike in usage with, with all this, people just trying out new things. Um, so it's, it's been great. And I think also during all this, TikTok's really exploded as well because people trying out new uh, social media outlets as well. And mm-hmm. so then people started sharing about the Tez app on TikTok. And so then we got this whole other audience, you know, influx coming in there as well. Yeah. And I so, think, you know, even for me, like I definitely talk about issues that are going on in the world and, and ways to support and things like that with my social media. But a big way that I'm using my platform is to inspire creativity and inspire people to like, you know, push themselves and try their things and, and give photography tips and all that kind of stuff. And I think I've noticed such like people really need that right now. And it's a breath of fresh air. Also something that's kind of a little bit more normal than just reading another article about what's going on in the world. Cause you know, we all need a little bit of a break from that. So I think just kind of keeping it on the creative side is always something we do with everything that we do. So yeah, if you, I mean, if you can spend an hour getting lost and learning how to edit your photos better on the Teza app, that's, you know, one fewer hours you're spending kind of listening and kind of wallowing in the news, which, you know, hasn't been great. And it's nice to have that release. Otherwise you end up in kind of this downward spiral. You need these creative outlets, you need distractions, you need something that resembles what used to be normal life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's really nice to be able to, I would imagine on your end to provide that to people. Uh, in in a variety of different manners, whether it be kind of what you, the content you produce or the tools you give people, or even something like the collage kit, something to do, you know, while they're stuck at home. So yeah, like that. that's really interesting. And and on that front, something you've talked about in the past on the collage kits is you didn't realize how much time and effort it took to be in front of somebody before they actually bought a product that you were producing. Tell us a little bit about those learnings and piggybacking off of that. How have those lessons informed how you actually work with brands as an influencer? Totally. So much to say on this topic. I think the collage kit was actually the first like hard product we'd ever launched. And we definitely did not know what we were doing but we knew the idea was really great because you know we had already seen the what that people wanted it we already were getting all this information but it was just like the second we launched it didn't quite work out how we thought it would and I think you know for me somebody who comes from the social media side of things and you get quite a bit of instant feedback it was kind of I I immediately in my head wanted to write it off as like oops it was a bad idea but then I kind of realized that, oh, you know, because I think about six months to a year after that is when the clash kit really picked up and turned into a real business and something that we could actually like do. And now it's been two years, two, three years. I don't know. Sorry, I'm bad. <laughs> years. I don't even know what it is anymore. But, um, you know, that's become like such a, a different business than I ever expected. And I think like, you know, going back to the influencer thing, when I work with brands, I just... I think it's super important. Obviously, sometimes you do a one-off post. Sometimes you work with a brand for a year. And so everything that I do, I just really make sure it's authentic to me. Of course, if I'm wearing like a pair of pants and I post it once, like a lot of people might like them and they know that I post a lot of different fashion. So that's kind of one outlet. But if I'm working with like a beauty brand or a lifestyle product, whatever it is, sometimes if I actually personally really do love it, I I tell the brand and I say, yo, like, let's make this a longer term partnership. I feel like I can add a lot more value if we do it this way. And I think a lot of influencers kind of think you have to wait for the brand to tell you what they want, but actually brands are super interested to hear what you have to say, how you think things could be successful. So I always try and have that conversation with the brand if I'm going to work with them. 
That's really interesting. And Cole, uh, when you're developing the app and, and thinking about features and whatnot, obviously this this idea you got to get in front of somebody a lot really goes to kind of the short attention spans we have. Yeah. And if we extend that a little bit further, not only do you have to get in front of them a lot, but now when they download the app, you have maybe a few on the generous side, maybe a minute to make sure that they have a good experience and you can retain them as a customer and a subscriber. How do you think about that in, in terms of what you build into the Teza app? Yeah, so every extra tap that we add to any feature is, you know, we consider that very, very heavily. I think we've done a pretty good job at keeping it dead simple to create things that are big and powerful and, and have a real impact on the way your videos and photos look. So I really try and keep things within like three taps from when you Mm -hmm. download the app to when you want to put a vintage effect on your, on your video, it should take really, you know, no more than just a few taps, because if it does, I I tend to find people will get lost somewhere in that process and give up Mm -hmm. and give up. Yeah. Yeah. So when you download the app and when you launch it for the first time, um, we try and give people a really nice first experience and some inspiration as to how your videos and photos can look if you just give, you know, this app a few seconds of your time. And then from there, we really don't waste much time into getting right into, you know, how you can use it and just how quickly you can use it. And I think that's one area of, of feedback that we consistently get is that it is really simple and easy to use compared to a lot of other Mm -hmm. photo and video apps out there because I think the photo and video world is used to coming from kind of the Adobe side of things where there are a million settings and tweaks that you can do and those are great but sometimes especially in an app I think quicker is better. Yeah and how hard is it to boil it down to what really matters. People don't think about this when I'm first downloading the app I'm trying to understand okay what is this app for what am I supposed to do? What's the end result? And where, where do I even start? You're trying to communicate all of these different things. And you just yep. said to me, I want them to have a finished product in three taps. Explain how hard that is both from both sides. Because Tezzy, you're coming at it from the creativity side of things. Like, I want to be able to create this amazing product, this output as the person using the app. And then Cole, as the person building it, I've got to be able to get them there very, yep. very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say on my end, like Cole and I have a, quite a bit of pushback on things like this because I'm thinking just big picture of what I want. And he's always thinking, uh, well, you know, how are we actually going to get there? And in my head, I'm like, well, you just build it like this. You just do it like that. And I, <laughs> well, you know, it seems like I'm like, yeah, you just press the button and it's good. And he's like, but that's going to get clunky. And then later you're going to want to add this button and we won't have room for that button. And I'm like, well, we'll figure that out when we get there. And he's like, no, we're not going to, we're going to figure that out now. So he, I think it's kind of a lot of like realizing, you know, one, how messy things can get in and out quickly because the amount of features that I want is just insane. And so (laughs) he's keeping it simple, but then, you know, and then he makes me test something a million times. Oh my gosh, I, I hate doing the testing, but he's like, you know, but then I kind of will realize, oh, I don't like, where that button goes. So you do need to change it. You know, it's kind of, yeah. a, and he mm-hmm. makes ever testing, like all of my <laughs> friends that come over, he plugs in their phone. He's like, try this out. We'll see how you use it. You know? So yeah. I think it's a really good process. But. And even with the video frames you just launched, for example, we, we had initially each frame, you could control every little piece of it. And then we're like, ah, do people really want that? Or do they just want to apply it and it's good to go? So then yeah. we tested it with a million videos and kind of came to a consensus of like, Okay, yeah. by default, this is how it should look. And yeah. we went from like 10 settings of frame to just one. Yeah. Um, People like, think they want full control, but the, yeah, the real but answer they is they don't actually want full control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. 
<laughs> That's great. Well, Tezza and Cole, it's been amazing to have you. Before I let you go, there are two things I need from you. One is the best advice that you would have for influencers or anybody else looking to launch a product, uh, whether it be physical or digital. And then two, where people can find you. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The best advice I have would be to simply just start. I think it always seems so much bigger than it is. You have this idea or you want to start this brand, whatever it is, it feels like way bigger than you. But the second you just make one phone call or write one email, that will lead you to the next email or to the next phone call. And that will lead you to all of a sudden getting a sample in your hand. And that will lead you to the getting to have to review something. You know, it's just kind of like, That one initial email or phone call is basically everything. And I would say like, that's how we started every one of our products. And also realizing that that's how every brand started. Everyone made that one phone call or that one email. You're not alone, even the biggest brands in the world. And once you get into working with other people or trying to find a manufacturer or whatever it is, you kind of will realize that people want to help people build things and people will want to work with you and help. And so I think, you know, No, that's great. I think you're right. Build momentum. And just, it starts with a small step and momentum can be everything because that one person replies and then all of a sudden you're off to the races. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. What about you, Cole? Um, One thing that I think has been super helpful for us is the idea that done is better than perfect. Maybe not always, but I think a lot of the time it is. For example, I think with the Tez app, even with the collage kit, most things we've done, we could have tweaked them until the end of time, um, but then they probably would have fizzled out. Someone would have launched it before us or, you know, a million things could have happened. And I think it's so important to realize once something is about 85 or 90% there, mm-hmm. it's probably good to go. And then you'll get feedback and you'll be able to iterate and figure things out along the way. So I do think so many ideas kind of get lost in thinking that it needs to be absolutely 100% perfect. But I think that's kind of an unrealistic goal for most things. And, and you need to just reach a point where, okay, let's get this out. Let's get people trying it. Yeah. Now, 100%. And Reed Hoffman, one of the founders, uh, obviously a well-known VC and one of the uh, founders of LinkedIn, always said you, you should be embarrassed of your first release. If you're not embarrassed of your first release, then you've waited too long to you know release it. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's great advice. And finally, where can people find you guys? Yep. Um, so at Tezza, T-E-Z-Z-A on Instagram and Mine's at Cole underscore Herm, H-E-R-R-M. And you can shop our products on shoptezza.com. And you can find the app in the app store under Tezza or in the Google store under Tezza. Awesome. Well, Tezza and Cole, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today on Influencer Business. Thanks for having having us. us. So great to meet you. An awesome conversation with Tezza and Cole. Thanks again to them for joining us today on Influencer Business. If you don't already, make sure you follow them on Instagram and download the Tezza app. It's free to try out and it's an awesome experience. It will definitely upgrade your content. Two things I want to touch on before I let you go. First and foremost, Tezza and Cole walked us through their experience of building the app, their first release to where they are now. And as you heard, it just takes a tremendous amount of time and effort to do anything well. And even that first version they pushed out is not 
as good as they wanted it to be, but they put it out there, continued to refine it. And you're seeing the success that they have. And, and far too often, people look at that success and say, oh, well, she had a big following. You know, he's a developer. It was super easy. No, there were a lot of hours in there, a lot of late nights, a lot of effort, a lot of pain and agony and angst that went into creating something really, really wonderful. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. And they've put that effort in. So don't mistake their success for being overnight. Two and a half years to get to where they are and a full year before they released anything to the public. And two, the last thing that they touched on, inertia, momentum. That's really what matters. If you want to build a product, go out there and start. Like Tezza said, just start. Send that email, open up that notebook, open up that Word doc, whatever it is, whatever creative endeavor, whatever business, whatever it is that you want to do, just start. Take that first step because momentum can really carry you forward and you don't know where it will lead. I think those are two wonderful illustrations of what it takes to succeed. As always, if you like what you heard on today's podcast, please go give us that five-star rating, leave us a glowing review. It really helps us out and we truly do appreciate it. As always, a big shout out to Pete Crimmy and our team over at Soundlines who always make us sound better over the podcast than we do in person. And make sure you tune in next time. We've got another great episode coming up for you. As always, I'm your host, Rich Scudelari, and thanks for joining us today on Influencer Business. We'll see you next time.